What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, bachelor's Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute deals and lowest prices guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. Do not read... Uh, we're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly. They have just bet $5 on any college football, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. talk dynasty running back rankings today and we have a special guest ray from all 22 pff ray how you doing today great dave thanks for having me how are you i'm doing great we're uh, excited to get football going i see that kenny pickett is on fire george pickens with a nice touchdown today um absolutely destroying the atlanta falcons second team and uh kenny pickett's had a great great preseason and so he has looked good and we're here to talk about running backs today. So the, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about running back rankings, some tiers, and we're going to talk about how to move up and down. When is it time to move up and package some players to get a blue chip? And when is it time to sell assets and not necessarily rebuild, but to be able to tear down a little bit and add some depth or diversify your squad? So um, and then Ray has def- definitely has something cool for us that we want to show you guys. So stay tuned in. Ask all of your dynasty questions. So the first thing I want to bring up, and I think this is going to go straight to our rankings. I did a dynasty price check today. If you check dynasty dorks out and type in Jameer Gibbs dynasty price check, Brad, did you check it out? <laughs> yeah. Makes me rethink my rankings a little bit. According to Twitter, Jameer Gibbs is the RB2, and so um, I'll, I'll, t- I'll say this. I don't, rank, I don't do my rankings based on Twitter, but I do do my rankings based on asset value, and I do think Jameer Gibbs deserves to be in the conversation for number two just based on the fact that you can get more for him than you can for a, a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne or someone else like that right now. So, Brad, I know you got the, uh, you got the numbers for us, so let's start out with our top guys. And so I'm just going to go down and Ray, you tell me where the tier stops for you. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. That's it. That's your first tier, correct? That's my first tier. They're, they're in a tier all to themselves. It's those, it's those young running back legs and the high draft capital. They, uh, and I love both players as just overall talents. So that's my top tier. Just those two. Yeah, and so um, you know, some people might include Brees Hall in there. I know he's coming off of an ACL injury. I know Dalvin Cook is there. He's still just 20, 21, 22 years old. Um, he's a he, obviously a stud running back. And next year, when Dalvin Cook's not there and he's at full strength, he should be right up there with Bijan and Gibbs. McCaffrey's there. He's older, and so um, you know you're gonna get. Yeah, Gibbs might put up a thousand yards. Looking like the Lions looking like the favorite to win the division, very likely. Um, so, so Brad, Jonathan Taylor, he is an enigma right now for Dynasty. You have him at five. I have him the lowest at six. Ray's got him at three. Um, so, as far as the consensus, can you just give us what the top six is? Yeah, for sure. So, if you take a look at the hidden row that I have here, for whatever reason. <laughs> Let's let's do that a little bit differently. Um, it's it, we're in order of the ranking. So Bijan Robinson's number one. Brees Hall is two. Christian McCaffrey is number three. Jonathan Taylor is number four, and Saquon Barley is number five for composite rankings between the three of us. 
Yeah. And it's really looked pretty consistent. None of us are really crazy high or crazy low on any of the five of these players. Uh, I know people might look and be like, oh, why do you guys hate Jonathan Taylor? I mean, he's our RB4 composite. Like, I don't really think you can classify that as hate towards Jonathan Taylor. It's just the realization that there's some turmoil in that organization right now. Yeah, and you look at it, we're pretty in lockstep with that minus Jameer Gibbs, and that's where the first kind of the big break happens. Uh, Ray and I are on team Jameer Gibbs, and Brad uh, apparently uh, is not a fan. I'm just kidding. I didn't think I, I didn't think I was disliked him at all when I had him at 12. I was like, man, that feels kind of high right now. Apparently, I'm way too low. Well, I will say I have a little bit of skepticism. They did pay David Montgomery a decent chunk of change, and. If I look at Jameer Gibbs, while yes, he's a, a little bit better of a pass catcher than DeAndre Swift, there's no guarantee that his role is much different than DeAndre Swift's, which puts him in that 10 to 15 range, which is why I kind of felt like, okay, this is what we know at a minimum he's going to get. Now, could he be higher? Absolutely. He could come in there and take a bulk of the goal line carries as well. Who knows? But I just, I kind of took that conservative, hey, look, what do I know he's going to get? he's guaranteed at minimum that DeAndre Swift workload, which is RB15. So we argued about this one uh, earlier in the week. Um, them drafting him at 12 uh, for me says they're going to use him a little bit better than the guy that they just traded away for a six-round pick. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Tony Pollard – so I lied, Brad. I said we didn't, we didn't agree on anybody. We apparently agreed all on Tony Pollard at seven. And then you have Josh Jacobs at eight, eight, and six, another guy that's kind of polarizing right now, coming off of a great season. And then you have Najee Harris, who uh, Brad is is the highest on Najee Harris, and then and and Ray and I are pretty close. Um, J.K. Dobbins, apparently I hate him. Um, I got him at sixteen. Um, and then Austin Eckler, uh, I'm the highest on Austin Eckler uh, in this group. Um, so uh, let's talk about some trades. So Brad, do you have any trades that that you have? Um, you know, and, and bef- before we get into the trade, actually, let's go into the trades. Let's uh, let's talk about how do you what would you do right now with like what's going on with Jonathan Taylor? Uh, I don't you cannot move Jonathan Taylor right now. I, I think you're you're giving up on his value. You're selling him cheap right now. People aren't going to pay his true value. They're going to want to try to get him cheap. So if you look, you see Jonathan Taylor going for a 25 first and a 24 second. That's disgusting. I would smash the JT side for that every time. Uh, Jonathan Taylor for Quentin Johnston and a 2024 second. To me, he's a buy. If you can find the owner who is a little worried, like, oh my God, is he going to get traded? Is he going to get, is he going to sit out? Look, Jonathan Taylor is not a dummy. I don't think he's going to sit out and try to take this old, you know, Le'Veon Bell from five or six years ago type of path. Even if he gets traded, he's going to be the bell cow wherever he does end up. The guy's going to play this year. So to me, you smash the buy. You reach out to the owner and see if they're starting to to weeble wobble a little bit and you take your shot on him. Yeah, and they gave him a deadline till Tuesday. And the reason for that is that's where they, you know, teams got to cut down. And so teams are going to be making moves. Um, It doesn't mean that they can't go trade him later on. I mean, you know, you could do a lot of different things with, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor going on the, the pub or just having him on the roster instead of having your 18th receiver or something. Um, they can figure it out, but they are trying to put some pressure on him to get it done. And apparently six teams have called in. Two of them are very interested. One team I was really, I was a little surprised is the Eagles. Uh, a lot of buzz around the Eagles liking Jonathan Taylor um, and we talked about, you know, DeAndre Swift earlier, and that would be an interesting one. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on, on on a team that you would like to see Jonathan Taylor go to? Ray? I mean, I, I, I liked him on the Colts. I thought it was a great situation for him. Got a, now, I know that with uh, Richardson there running quarterback, you, you kind of worry about the receiving upside and maybe some goal line carries being vultured. But uh, a run-heavy offense behind what's normally a good run-blocking line. I loved him on the Colts. Uh, everybody says Miami, and I get it because of the weapons on the outside and and the the McDaniel system there uh, for running backs is is pretty friendly to them, and I I get all that. But um, 
So those two work, and I mean, so would Philly. I mean, Philly, that's another offense that's given everything that they have, their offensive line, uh, their you know commitment to running. I think either of those three would be phenomenal spots, whether that's him staying in Indianapolis or going to one of those two teams. I, I just think it's funny where they're like, oh, yeah, you have a deadline you know, of Tuesday. It's like, okay, or what? Or, or what would you, you know, send him home? Like, are you going to put him in the corner? Like, what happens if, if, if Tuesday comes and goes and he wakes up on Wednesday morning? Like, what are you going to do realistically? So it's just funny to me. The whole episode is funny to me. <laughs> well, we're talking about Jonathan Taylor. Dave, you live in Indianapolis. I'm from Indiana, born and raised. I haven't lived there in a while, but I was born and raised there. I've been looking, thinking, you know what? I want to get to one of these dome games. I want to get outside of the Cleveland Browns in the cold of Lake Erie and go check out a game indoors where I can. But you know what? I don't want to go look and buy and stress over tickets. And it shouldn't be stressful. So game time is what I would recommend is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your sports could even be music, comedy, or theater. They have killer deals on the the beauty of this is last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing and start getting hyped for all of that fun that you're going to have. Look, I paid an astronomical amount of money to go and see my Cleveland Browns play the Baltimore Ravens last year in Deshaun Watson's first home game as a Cleveland Brown. I looked at tickets to go see the Colts in the Dome Front row, same as what I was at the Cleveland Browns, they were over $100 cheaper on game time than what I paid last year. So you have to check it out. You no, no further need to plan months in advance. They have deals on those tickets right up to the day of the event. And if you want to get real crazy, they also have exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and theater if that is your shtick. Make sure, look, I don't know. I'm not familiar with all the seats and what it looks like to the field. You get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you get there. You can buy them in only a matter of seconds. It's just a couple taps and you're all set. The tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email or worry about getting you know hard copy tickets in the mail or anything else. So snag those tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. So again, create an account, use our redemption code of SGPN for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, and so talking about tiered rankings, for me, Bijan, Brees, and Gibbs, you have some security. You have some security there, high draft capital, as well as they're under contract. And, you know, the contract situation isn't everything for me because Tyler Algier, poof, gone. Dane Robinson, poof, gone. I mean, these guys can get replaced very quickly. So just because he's a 22, 23-year-old running back, don't think that, like, he's going to have this. He's going to be so much more valuable than Austin Eckler because he's so much younger. Um, And then I have, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, Pollard, Jacobs, and and Eckler all in this big hodgepodge of one-year guys because the situation could change in one year. And so um, McCaffrey and Eckler, like they're going to give you elite production this year if they stay healthy. Josh Jacobs, you know, it's very unlikely he repeats what he did last year, but if he does, you know, him and Pollard could put up elite production. Barkley too. But there's not really a lot of security because of the age and the contract situation with a lot of those guys, and that really scares me. And so from a dynasty perspective, those are obvious sells if you're a selling team or you're a rebuilding team. And for me, it would be very interesting if you could go and move. I'm um, like, I want to know, Brad, what are some trades for Jameer Gibbs? Like, could I move Christian McCaffrey for Jameer Gibbs plus? I know that Ray and I got him at two. Twitter got Twitter likes him at two. But those were not 100% votes. I mean, it was about 50-50 for a lot of those. I mean, he did whoop a lot of these guys. Um, but, you know, McCaffrey and Eckler, Barkley, Taylor, you know, those were close. Pollard was close. So if I could move – Gibbs for a younger, you know, an older, an older guy for Gibbs plus, I'd be interested in doing that to get younger. And I do think Gibbs is going to have a good season this year. He's expensive. He's expensive. So Jameer Gibbs or Drake London, a little bit of a positional change, probably team dependent, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, What's your, what's your take on that, Ray? Straight up. I would say Gibbs 
Uh, but like you said, kind of depends on what's around you because I could see, obviously, if, you know, depending on your running back situation, why you would want London on the other end of that, given sort of the longer lifespan, things of that nature. But straight up and down, just all else equal, it, it skips for me. I think the the top end of that production is just greater. All right. Jam- uh, Dave, Jameer Gibbs or DK Metcalf and George Pickens? That that one's harder. I'd probably go with the receivers on that one because I'm getting two for one. Um, you know, out of Gibbs ranked higher than both of them, but not by much. So to get both DK and George Pickens, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Ray? That's very close, but I think I'm sticking with Gibbs mostly because Pickens is still kind of a wild card. You, you just never really know with him, and I know – he has a new one-handed catch every every other practice when you wake up in the morning and, and scroll through Twitter, but I, I still don't fully trust him, and I fully trust Gibbs. So I, I think I would take Gibbs, but it's close. All right, and then the last one we'll do uh, is Jameer Gibbs and De- for DeAndre Swift, a first and a second. Raise the guest. Oh, Gibbs, Gibbs all day. I'm taking that side all day. Same. Yep. So uh, moving down the list a little bit, we got Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb. Um, really the biggest difference is there. I have Austin Eckler uh, a lot higher. Brad's got Najee Harris a lot higher. Um, Brad, what's, uh, what's, what's Najee Harris uh, doing so high on your list? Yeah, if I, if I look at all of these, he's kind of that last person to me that doesn't have that age cliff already. And is a complete volume back, rushing and receiving. After Najee Harris, you're looking at Travis Etienne, most likely more of a receiving guy with Tank Bigsby there, all the chatter about that. You look at J.K. Dobbins, not really a pass catcher, right? I'm going down my number, you know, number 9, 10, 11, so on and so forth. Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, just the older guys, you know, for a little bit further down the list because obviously as Dynasty and Age plays in. So Najee is that last top flight guy that it would not shock me if he led the league in total touches because yeah, we like Jalen Warren. I get it. He looked good. He's not taking a bunch of work away from Najee Harris. They added Broderick Jones, which is huge for the offensive line. Uh, Another year with Kenny Pickett, no longer a rookie. We saw the back half of that season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were moving the ball very effectively. The problem is they stalled out in the red zone because Matt Canada isn't that great of a play caller in the red zone. They were a little too conservative. So did he learn his lesson? Can they make some modifications, give him a little more scoring opportunities and things like that? I think he he deserves to be in the top 10 just based on volume and that opportunity alone. And so uh, I got to explain myself on Austin Eckler. And for me, I mean, if you got Christian McCaffrey that high, I feel like you should have Austin Eckler closer um very similar age very similar skill set similar situations um yeah like if Eckler were to move on to another team next year that'd be concerning McCaffrey was literally just traded um you know and and he's they're right around the same age I think you know I, I think they're the same age um and then Najee Harris like Najee Harris is actually it'll be 26 next year um he's getting there <laughs> I mean, he's, he's still – that's three years younger than Austin Eckler. Well, yeah, I'm saying I mean, like that's a him, pretty big change. So. But I'm saying he just seems like he should not be that old. Um, oh, and, yeah. And he yeah. is. And he is. Um, and then so I'll put Javante Williams while Brad looks up some trades. And so, Ray, um, that's the one that you're a little higher on. So uh, what's your uh, what's your, your uh, confidence in Javante Williams? I just think if you go back 12 months ago, Javante was – a top three or four dynasty running back on everyone's list. Yes. He had the injury. He's already back. He already was back on the field and, and, and played a preseason game last week. So uh, do I expect a hundred percent back to form this year? No, of course not. But he's still a young back. I think he's only 22 years old as of today. He's like younger than half the running backs that were drafted this past spring. Um, you have Sean Payton there and kind of a new fresh start over there in, in Denver. So uh there's there's some upside there, and then of course, unfortunately, I mean, we'll see with Judy's injury too. They might have to rely on Javante and, and that ground game a little more here early on. But I just think overall, it's a good player who's still just 22 years old in what you would think is a pretty good offense led by an offensive-minded head coach now. So uh, I understand why people dropped him. The injury was scary, um, but I, I'm betting on the upside there. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic in his return, and so I like the situation around him. 
Yeah, I, I, I like Javante Williams a lot more than what I've got him ranked. It's just what I worry. Like Dave does his real time, right? Hey, what value can I get out of these guys currently? And I look at mine a little more forward thinking where it's like, okay, what do I think is going to happen? And while I think Javante Williams a year from now, like the end of this season, he ends healthy. He's got a healthy offseason going into the 2024 or the 2025 season. His value is going to go up, but I think you can end up, there's a good chance that he is slow out of the gate and you could probably get him a little bit cheaper in season just because of that dip a little bit, right? So at least that's kind of my hope, right? Because I want to end up with a lot of Javante by the end of the season. That's kind of where my head's at. So let's look at a couple trades, a couple things that we might be able to work out. And this, I mean, if this is what you got to give up, I'm, I might do it right now. Uh, Javante Williams for a single singular 2024 first round pick. Ray. I'm, I'm taking Javante unless that team is, is in rough shape. Yep. Dave. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Javante Williams and Keenan Allen for, for James Cook and Greg Dolchik. Oh gosh. Yeah. Javante. I- do Javante's we have a team out. name for this one? <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, it's aftermath and old man strength. So nothing, yeah. nothing too inappropriate this time. Well, and and you know, I'm just the name matches the move. Um, yeah. <laughs> John Javante Williams for another 2024 singular first. Um, Javante Williams for Christian Kirk and David Njoku. Like Javante. I mean. He's pretty affordable right now. So yeah. Well, you know what, you know it's affordable underdog fantasy. Uh August is almost over. You know what that means. Time is running out to do your drafts uh, for your fantasy football teams over on underdog fantasy. Get championship ready with your home league by trying out our best ball on underdog fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. You set it, forget it, and underdog does the rest. Try it out with underdogs. Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time with $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million to the winner. Do you have all what it, do you, do you have what it takes? Bruni thinks he does. Is he going to win it all? We'll see. The time is now the last day for your draft, September 7th. Visit underdogfantasy.com. Find, find it at the App Store. Sign up with promo code SGPN and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. Concern with play, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And also want to let you know about DraftKings. Um, we've all been waiting. It's finally arrived. College football is back, and so the traditions of tailgates, great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook are all here. Right now, new customers score $200 in bonus bets instantly. All you have to do is bet, a five, bet $5 on any college football bet. College action to kick off the season sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. I know I live down south. Brad, I know you spent some time down south. It gets crazy down there for college. college. We have college games this weekend. So kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can get $200 in, in bonus bets instantly with just a $5 bet on any college football game. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com. Sportsbook for details. State-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms and sportsbooks at sports at DraftKings.com backslash football terms. And then don't forget about our Patreon. Make sure you check out our Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL wins total contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. The guys just recorded the first sports Lane podcast stories podcast just for the patrons, chronicling the birth of Sports Lane Podcast Network. There's also a Discord channel just for Patreons. The Sportsline Podcast has and always will give out their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Sportslinepodcast.com backslash Patreon. It's sportslinepodcast.com backslash Patreon. All right, I'm back. Brad, let's talk about Travis Etienne. This is murderous row for Ray. I this is Ray. This is personal. <laughs> this ranking with Ramondre Stevenson, like Brad, if you can pull some trades up. Yep. I need to know, did you go to school with Ramondre? Did he try to steal your girlfriend? Did he egg your mom's house? Like this is this is disrespectful. 35. Listen, it's nothing against Ramondre, but there once was a man named Stephen Ridley who rushed for almost 1300 yards in 2012 for the New England Patriots. 
great player, great talent, coming off a great year. And then the next the next year, right, 2013, season opener, loses a fumble in the second half of the game. 1,300-yard rusher, loses a fumble, benched. And then he was a healthy scratch like two weeks later. And then for the remaining six years of his career, combined, he barely reached that 1,200-yard total again for the remainder of his career. I don't trust the Patriots with running backs, period. I, I, I just don't trust them. You could be the, the greatest player in the history of football. And if you uh, throw something in the, in the trash can, you know, you do like the, the old, like Kobe basketball shot, you crumple up a piece of paper and you miss it. it Belichick just might bench you and just be like, ah, you, I can't have that on my, you know, on my squad. And I, I just can't trust him. It's, it's nothing against him. I just can't trust who controls his fate. I can't do it. I had it. a feeling so it had to list. do with the helmet more than anything. And so <laughs> I'm glad you didn't come out here and say that um, that their fullback, Ezekiel Elliott, was the reason. So, Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> um, I, I figured it was the helmet. Um, so, Brad, what, what's Ramondre Stevenson going for on the market? Uh, he's a buy, in my opinion, on the market. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson or Ryan Tannehill and Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I'll take Stevenson. Ray, is that low enough for you? Uh, I wish I liked Tannehill, uh, like at all. And then I would take his side, but I probably got to go Ramondre in that one. But like, I don't love any of them. Ramondre Stevenson or Jordan Addison. Oh my gosh. Addison. Ooh, yeah. No, I'm taking Stevenson on that side. Yeah. Oh. I, I I'll take Addison. I literally made that trade. Actually, I might've gotten Zay flowers, but I made that trade in our, our league, Brad. Where I I traded Ramondre. It was before the draft. I traded Ramondre for the first, just because I I was like they're probably going to draft another running back. So I just like panic. I'm trading him before it's too late, and I'm totally fine with that. I think I got 109, 110, mm. and I ended up with Zay Flowers. I thought that'd be a smash, Stevenson. Like I look at at Look, Jordan Addison was my wide receiver too. Like I do not dislike him as a talent, but. Is there a world where he's anything more than the wide, the third option for the Minnesota Vikings behind Jefferson and Hawkinson and Kirk I mean, Cousins? Possibly the last year there. We're not really sure what it is after that. Like, so you're the third option for a team that may have a new quarterback next year. Ugh, there's, I don't know. There's a world where that happens. There's also a world where he gets more targets than Hawkinson. That, true. Very true. All right, let's do one more. Let me find another good one. I thought for sure those two were going to be smashes. All right, here's a here's – a, this this tears me up. Ramondre Stevenson or DeAndre Swift? Uh, this hurts me that I even have to talk about He's here. got them back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, you do have him back. I'm taking, back. yeah, so I'm taking Stevenson, but again, I don't, I don't really like either of them. I don't really, not that I don't like either of them, I don't trust either of them long term. So, yeah, by my rankings, I'm taking Stevenson, I guess, probably by more than it would seem between my 35th and 36th rank running backs there. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't like either of them. That was not planned either. I swear it's on the <laughs> screen right now for traits. <laughs> yeah, and so um, so we got Miles Sanders, who's that's an interesting player right now. He's going through injury again, and so um, you know, he looks like he could be in for a whole lot of you know a whole lot of work. But this is the worst offensive line he's gonna he's ever had to play on. And you know Frank Reich, he did use Jonathan Taylor very well in, in, a, in a you know bell cow kind of role. Um, but Miles Sanders hasn't really shown that he can stay healthy with a committee role. And so, um, you know, people are buying him as kind of a cheap, you know, uh, Walmart bell cow. And uh, I, I don't I don't know. You might get what you're buying there. Um, if he keeps breaking down, he's already got, I believe, a groin injury. He's the Jerry Judy of running backs, it feels like. Like, you see the talent, you want to believe in him. Like, all right, he can finally just stay on the field, stay healthy this year and, and put it all together. And then it just never happens. So we got uh, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, some older running backs, and um, you know I, I'm I'm Goldilocks. I'm right there in the middle. Brad's on the other side, and and Ray, you really like Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. Uh, we talked about Aaron Jones the other day, and 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 really like he's he looks consistent because at the end of the season he always ends up as as like RB ten or RB nine, RB eleven. 
but the path and how he gets there is not consistent at all. And so for me, he's a lineup headache. And, and I think that um, I just am concerned about him as far as like, also like what's his value like next year. Um, and, and uh, you know, I don't know what this offense is going to look like, but sell me on Aaron Jones and Brad, do you have any trades for, for Jones or Henry or Henry? Yeah, I'll just say I consider Aaron Jones a league winner because when he's on, he's on. And who knows with now Jordan Love sort of stepping in, they rely on him a bit more as opposed to kind of letting, you know, veteran Rodgers kind of do what he does with that offense and giving him all the leeway he needs, which, and by the way, he loved Aaron Jones, so that wasn't necessarily a detriment to Jones. Um, But just in the sense that I think they're going to rely on the vets in that offense a bit more. Uh, with a young quarterback and Aaron Jones is that guy. So again, two years from now, he's probably nowhere near this on, on the rankings, but I think for this year, given the upside of a potential league winner, I feel like he's always been a value. I mean, I, I picked him up on, on waivers and in, in, in like my home dynasty league in what was it? 2018 on the waiver wire. And ever since then, I mean, he's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but at the end of the year, you look back and you're like, this guy crushed it. And he's been a huge asset. I've, I've won the league twice, mainly because of, or in large part because of his contribution. So I think he's got one more league winning potential season in him. And so if you kind of see it through that lens, that's why I have him this high. Yeah, that all makes sense. Right. I mean, if you think about it from a, this year perspective, I mean, Derrick Henry, potential to smash. Joe Mixon, more of a smash than he was last year with no Samaj P. Ryan. Aaron Jones, continue to carry the bulk of the workload for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, age is the only reason they're moved down my rankings. Is Aaron Jones is going to be close to almost 30 years old by the start of next season. They finally have an out to save money based on the restructure that they did with him. So they'll be able to save but I think it's like five to six million, five or six million dollars if they cut him next year. So, you know, you can save money by cutting a 30 year old running back. That's a pretty good deal. Derrick Henry finds himself in a very similar situation. Joe Mix in a very similar situation. So all three of these guys, it's either win or you are totally effed next year because they are going to be unsellable. So. Yeah, they're, they're probably best on your roster than selling them because of what you're yep. going to get. But if you're a contender and you you're like, hey, you know, I'll give you 2025 first for Derrick Henry, you know that that could put your team over the top, um, you know, by doing something like that, you know. And Joe Mixon, now that the you know the legal stuff's kind of out of the way, um, you know, Kamara could be in this conversation, but he's going to miss three games. Um, and I'm not, I'm concerned about the three games, but I'm also concerned about guys that are suspended coming back, getting re, getting injuries after missing three games and not being in football shape. So, um, Brett, anyone on this list that you you want to pull up some trades for before we yeah. go into uh, – Yeah, I got some stuff for Derrick Henry. I, I mean, let's be real and kind of flashback. Let's say three years. We, we've been talking about Derrick Henry and you got to sell him. You got to sell him. It's dynasty. You got to sell him for like three years now. We've said this because, oh, he's past the age cliff and he just continues to smash year in and year out. He's a complete freak of nature at the running back position. He's like the the modern day Emmett Smith from a just let the give the guy, give the guy the ball and let him run it a thousand times. He's fine. He's just a workhorse. That's his body's just built for it. But now you're starting to see that shift. You're starting to see Derrick Henry for Paris Campbell and Rondale Moore. Ooh, like, okay, if that's all I got to pay to go get Derrick Henry, I'm probably going to go get Derrick Henry. That league chat was fired up. Oh, yeah, right? (laughs) If I can move Derrick Henry for Rashad White and Richie James, would you guys do that? I know, Dave, you like Rashad White, but would you roll with Rashad or Derrick Henry there? I would. I know that there's the appeal that Rashad White could um, potentially, you know, be a longer term option, but there's also like he could easily be replaced. So, I mean, I think Derrick Henry outplays him this year. And then next year, yeah, there's probably, I mean, he's going to be 30. So there's probably at some point, Father Time's going to, going to, going to win that battle. Um, but I just Ray, is, is, is Richie James enough to move the needle 12 spot for you between Rashad White and Derrick Henry? 
It is not. Not when I don't see a future beyond a one season for either of those running backs. I'm taking the one that's got the track record in Henry. So yeah, yep. Richie James then, does not move the needle. And then here's the last one. So this one is, I think, few and far between, but I'm curious if y'all would do it. Derrick Henry for a 2024 first and Josh Oliver. Eh, you can almost throw him out. Would you move? Let's say that's a number, let's say nine to 12. It's projected back quarter uh, or back third of the first. Would you move that for Derrick Henry? I prefer to, for me, I prefer to do 25 first or do a 24 second, 25 second. Um, and then you have to keep Oliver. Or I'm not accepting. <laughs> you want that roster spot. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to have to drop somebody. Ray, how about you? Yeah, I think I would, I, I would opt to keep the first unless I, I mean, I would have to really need a running back. Like, uh, I mean, I would have to have just one viable running back and then someone like, I don't know, Cam Akers as my second option at running back to have to feel the need to make a trade like that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like my third, like if I had, if I had a flex play and Cam Akers or DeAndre Swift were my flex play, I'm probably going to make that move to plug Derrick Henry in the flex and go win it go try to win that championship, right? In the hopes that I push my first that I probably don't own if that's my team even later, right? So, yep. Yeah, kind of a win-win situation. So, well, we got a little something special for you guys that are on the YouTube channel. Obviously, if you're listening, you can still hear the demonstration. Um, but Ray, it's all you. All right, thanks, Dave. Yeah, so uh, just want to, you know, take a few minutes to tell you guys about uh, All-22 Fantasy, uh, right? So essentially, we are a fantasy football game or fantasy football platform. And what is unique about All-22 is that uh, we use PFF grades as our main scoring component, as opposed to traditional yards, stats, and, you know, touchdowns and catches, uh, things of that nature, right? We use PFF grades um as a main scoring component. And what that allows us to do in fantasy football is now incorporate every player on the field into your fantasy football roster. So that includes offensive linemen. Uh, it includes, you know, all individual defensive players, uh, even punters. So uh, literally anybody on an NFL roster. So the best way to describe it is like Madden franchise mode, but in a fantasy football format, right? Um, and the second component, of course, is a position weight. So we weight each position based on how much the highest paid players at each position are, are paid. Uh, because using a you know a 90 PFF grade for your center is not quite as impactful as a 90 PFF grade for your quarterback, right? Obviously, the quarterback is much more important. So um, by weighting the positions, that allows us to kind of mirror what the NFL would do if, say, tomorrow they just threw every player into a pool and had a startup fantasy draft, right? Pat Mahomes would probably be the first overall pick, not necessarily B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs, even though I think they're fantastic players. No one starting a franchise is going to start those players, right? Um, so we have a little uh, just quick walkthrough of the site here. Um, aside from that sort of explanation, it's the fantasy football that you've come to know and love, right? So uh, you can create a league, uh, join a league, uh, as many leagues as you want, right? And then you'll kind of have your league homepage here with your uh, schedule and the matchup. Um, league standings, uh, your trade blocks, uh, you know, any recent transactions or trades that have taken place. Uh, we have a little trophy case down at the bottom of every league here. Um, Chris has gotten extremely lucky in winning two straight championships because I have a lot of players on injured reserve in back-to-back -back years. Um, but uh, yeah, if you go to the My Team page, this kind of really outlines and, and highlights what's unique about our game, right? So again, you're drafting a 53-man roster as if you were an actual NFL GM. So you're drafting a franchise quarterback followed by a franchise offensive tackle like a Jordan Mailata, for example, right? And you have a formation graphic here of what your personnel package is for a given week. So you can do 11 personnel, three wide receivers, uh, two tight ends or two running backs. So similar to like a flex position, right? That 11th player on offense, is it a third receiver or second tight end or a second back? Uh, and then same for defense, you have uh, a nickel defense, a three, four with, uh, you know, more down, uh, down linemen uh, or four, three, uh, again, sort of based on how you drafted uh, and your, you know, the strengths of your team week to week, right? 
Another interesting thing that we have in all 22 is depth charts. So in fantasy football, you set a lineup, you enter it in, games kick off, and then you just kind of wait to see what happens, right? Uh, in all 22, we use depth charts. So that way, if someone were to get hurt, uh, for example, let's just take a look at uh, my linebackers, right? I have Jamin Davis and Patrick Queen as my two starting linebackers. If one of them were to get hurt early on in the game, instead of just getting no score or zeroed out, right? Uh, the next player on the depth chart will take his place and I will get his score for the game. Uh, so just like in the actual game, right? If someone gets hurt, you don't just play with 10 guys on the field. Someone will sub in and take their place. And so in all 22, we mimic that as well. So I know we've all been there in fantasy football, right? Where a running back twists an ankle early in the first quarter or something and then doesn't return the rest of the game. And you're just kind of, you know, punching your couch uh, for the rest of the weekend because you, you kind of got screwed, right? So uh, that's one of our neat features here. Um, it is a dynasty format, right? So you have your 53 round, you know, initial startup draft, right? You draft your team. And then every off season, uh, you have a seven round rookie draft, just like the NFL. And again, you're drafting every position. So for example, in the first round of our rookie draft this past year, I took Paris Johnson Jr. with the fourth pick in the first round. So again, I needed an offensive tackle. I got a young franchise player at the offensive tackle position. It's important in the NFL. It should be important in fantasy too, right? So in all 22, we capture that value and allow you to sort of make those selections and truly build a team year over year over a long period of time. Uh, we also, again, similar to, to Dynasty, right? We have trades where you can trade future draft picks up to five, or I think it's four years in the future, excuse me. Uh, I have a trade offer here from the clown babies. I will not be accepting this. I am not giving up Evan Neal for DJ Humphreys and a fifth round pick. I still like Evan Neal's upside, so he will not get over on me. Um, but again, all of these pages should look very familiar to you if you play fantasy football, obviously. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. So it's the look and feel of fantasy football, but it has that sort of Madden franchise mode feel to kind of put you in the seat of an NFL GM that's managing a roster year over year as if you were in the NFL. Sick. And so, um, God, that's tight. And so, uh, I know you got the shirt on. So, uh, if you could please model the shirt for us real quick. Um, oh, man. So, uh, yeah, the shirt is sick. Um, so I picked up one of those at the expo and I brought it home and, uh, I got a picky teenage daughter and she stole it. Oh, nice. So, oh no. Yeah, I, I was happy. I was ha I was like, I, I was gonna give it to my wife, but she got it. It was a little too small for me. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna give it to give it to them. And my daughter's like, ah, it's mine. And my son awesome. just did the gritty. So um, yeah, so it's awesome. And uh yeah, we definitely gotta talk about playing that, Brad. So we'll talk about that after the show. Yes, we um, do. So Zach Charbonnet, Ken Walker, I think that's uh probably the the, the one on here that's interesting. Um I have I have Ken Walker the highest. Uh, Brad has him at fifteen. Uh, Ray has him at twenty three. Um, Charbonnet Brad has the highest, so I'm the highest on Ken Walker. And I'll say this: I like Charbonnet. I I do, and I think he does have an all around skill set. But I don't think that his plan the plans are to to really um, turn him into the the like the passing down specialist or anything like that. Um, I know that Charbonnet and Madden are beefing a little bit because of his uh, 79 speed there on Madden. He's going to have to show out. But Walker did show big playability. He did show that he's a good running back, and I'm just not going to just completely drop until I see it. And I do think you can get some good value for him. Um, and this whole, like, 10 to 12, 10 to 15 range, it's just a muddled group. We talked about, like, I had that huge tier earlier. I got a huge tier here, like, Ken Walker is living and breathing proof of what I said earlier. Nobody is safe. Like no one, you know, like you're, you're walking in, you know, you're like just going along, having a great day. You got Josh Jacobs and, and Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor on your team. Next thing you know, all three guys are about to hold out. You know, you got Ken Walker and Tyler Algier. You're feeling good. Zach Charbonnet drafted Bijan Robinson drafted. It's like, there's landmines everywhere. Nobody's safe. And right now there's still guys that are lurking. Jonathan Taylor could go ruin somebody's dynasty team today. I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough, 
But, Brad, what are some trades right now for either Ken Walker or Zach Charbonnet? So, Kenneth Walker for Tank Bigsby and Traylon Burks. I could see taking that. I'm not a Burks guy. I could see taking it, though. I'm taking the Burks side of that. You are both of you are taking the Burks side. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not a Burks guy, but it's just the two for one that got me. I, I like Bigsby, and I think Burks is enough to close the gap. Oh my goodness! All right, maybe this isn't as all right. Kenneth Walker for Dalton Kincaid in a second. I love Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, but I, if I, I, need, if I want points, if I want points now, I'm gonna go get Ken Walker. I mean, it's tight end. I know you're going to move your tenth ranked running back for a rookie tight end. No, no, I just said I'm going to. I'm going to keep Ken Walker. Oh, I thought you were like, man, I really love Dalton Kincaid. I said if I want points oh, now, right, I'm going to keep Ken Walker. It's probably right? going to be two or three years before Kincaid pops. Yeah, that's why I'm keeping Walker is because I think Kincaid's value will drop once the high of being a first round pick sort of fades, and the reality of tight ends taking a long time. Uh, to to really reach their peak sets in, and maybe you can buy him on the dip there, even though he's he's hardly even being used as a tight end. He's really just a just a big wide receiver. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm taking the Walker side. Superflex league, Kenneth Walker, or Jordan Love, Love, I love me some Love. I'm gonna take Walker, assuming that Love is my third or fourth quarterback. Um, and that, you know, dynasty teams always need running backs. I know Superflex always need quarterbacks, but Love's not going to be a starter for me. All right, last one. Kenneth Walker or Quentin Johnston? Uh, a, lot I don't, of, I don't, a lot of Quentin Johnston. Yeah, go ahead. A lot of Quentin Johnston trades out there. Yep. Um, I'll give you guys this one. I got offered this from Maddie Daddy. Uh, Quentin Johnson for Christian Watson. Quentin Johnson. Oh, I think I'm taking Watson. Yeah, I have I'm Watson. probably too low on Watson, admittedly. Um, I have Watson, but... and I told him I need more. Said no mas. Um, as far as the uh, as far as the other trade, uh, it's it's tough. Um, you know, Walker. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep Walker. I'll probably do the same, but I don't. I'm not in love with it. Yeah, like that's cheap. That's cheap, and I, I'm. I feel like I'm low on Kenneth Walker. I just think there's more of an opportunity for that split to be like sixty forty than it is, you know, Kenneth Walker getting a large majority of the work. Um, they spent the same draft capital on both of them, like both super high seconds. So. Uh, it would not shock me if it's a 50-50 split or a 60-40 split. So that's why I've got – I mean, I think I've got them three or four spots apart, and that's it. So, but All right. Who who else, before we get out of here, who else do we think would, would be someone to talk about trades? I, 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 Damian Pierce, I'm sorry. I'm way low on him apparently. So I, I need you all to convince me that RB29 for a fourth-round running back on a terrible team right now is in your top 20. Well, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson was a fifth-round pick, um, and the Pats aren't necessarily the, uh, you know, they're not actually really the Kansas City Chiefs or anything. All right. Um, Tony Pollard, was he a fourth-round pick? I mean, really, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll say this. Do you, do you it, it, all right, I need the, this. The, four, the fourth a, round is the new third round, Brad. All right, I need this said with a straight face, Dave. Is Damian Pierce on the same playing field as Ramondre Stevenson and Tony Pollard in your eyes, not even close. No. He's not even close to the same talent. Well, yeah, I mean we're so, we're closing the gap here. Right. I'm not I'm not saying that he's a top oh. ten guy. Whoa, <laughs> but you got him better back. than Ramondre to me. I don't. I don't yeah, to we're, say we're that. not we're not moving um, Damian Pierce from fifteen to ten. I'm talking about moving him from twenty nine to like twenty. Yeah. I mean he's yeah. he's starting one. He's a starting running back. And he's, he's even if it's not going to be uh, like no one gets a ninety percent workload anymore, he's probably going to be the lead on that. He's shown it more than some of these other guys. 
And I'm not afraid of fourth round draft capital because, like I said earlier, it really is the new third round. I mean, you're looking at running backs just getting completely dismissed. I know we had Gibbs and, and, and you know, Robinson early. We had Charbonnet, and then it was a huge drop-off. Like, Rashawn Johnson could easily be the starting running back of the Bears. That got him in the fourth round. Ramondre Stevens is a fifth rounder. We saw Damian Pierce, um, Rashad White. Like, a lot of these day three guys, like, they got a shot. And so um, there's just not a, there's not as many day two running backs as there used to be. So Ray, what's your take on Damian Pierce? I want to hear it. I need I need some more convincing. Dave didn't do a good job for me. I mean, aside from the fact that even just process of elimination just leaves him as like the main guy there. That offensive line is not as bad, or it's not going to be as bad as as it has been, right? Uh, I mean, first round pick at left guard Kenyon Green, year two should be improved. Uh, they, Juice Scruggs was a great pick at center. They got Shaq Mason. Uh, Titus Howard finally, for the first time in his career, is for the second year in a row playing the same exact position, which will be right tackle, which is he was what he's best suited for anyhow and has been this whole time. So that offensive line is going to be better than you think. They also just got Josh Jones uh, earlier today too. So they got some depth there as well. Um, so that offensive line is better than you think. The offenses are going to be great, right? Yeah, no one's going to mistake them for the Chiefs or anything like that. But he's got a decent offensive line in front of him now as the main volume guy. And a quarterback who, yes, is going to go through struggles, going to go through some growing pains, but has a deep ball that has to be respected. So you put all that together, I don't have 28 running backs that I would take over Damian Pierce given that situation. I'll waver yeah. a little bit. I, I do think Devin Sing. I think in the back of my head, I probably hold Devin Singletary to probably a little too much because I do think he's going to take a decent amount of work away from Damian Pierce. We saw Damian Pierce break down at the end of the season last year, and I think they brought Devin Singletary in knowing, hey, we got to give somebody, we got to get somebody in here to help. And because Damian Pierce has zero pass catching, like, if he's not getting that volume consistently, I I worry a little bit. But that's that's I I gotta I gotta rethink this now. You y'all yeah, got me thinking. I put in the chat. I don't know how his situation is that much worse than Miles Sanders. I mean, they just paid Miles Sanders a three year, thirty million dollar deal. That's the difference. Like Damian Pierce is on a fourth round rookie contract. Like, yeah, I, I they're get not it. married to that. They they're kind of screwed with Miles Sanders right now. They, what about Cam bit, Akers? Yeah. yeah, that I'll concede to. <laughs> well, um, that I'll so, definitely concede to. So, uh, Ray, where can we find you before we get out of here? Yeah, sure. So, uh, me personally at all twenty two underscore Ray. Uh, and then our, our main, you know, at all 22 underscore PFF on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, threads, even if that's still a thing as well. So, um, yeah, on all platforms at all 22 underscore PFF. And then for all 22 fantasy, all dash 22.com to sign up. Wait, man, I really appreciate you coming on having a, it was a great time talking with you. And uh, I look forward to checking this out. I, I signed up at the expo. I haven't drafted yet, so I got to figure out how I can get a draft in before the season starts. And uh, I forgot earlier. I forgot something that's that's just always on the show. So um, we hit 650, and so I appreciate everyone that subscribed, everyone that listens and watches the show. Really appreciate that. If you haven't yet, hit that button. Hit, hit that subscriber button. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck this season. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me.